Doctor, doctor, have a cold? Can I have a prescription? This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode... The Scottish Digital Prescribing and Dispensing Programme. Once we have removed the paper prescription and replaced the wet signature from in hours GP prescribing to community pharmacy, and the process works for everyone in that in that chain, including the patient and citizen, that's when we'll be cracking open champagne. That is a big challenge to get people to agree on the implementation plan and that they're happy with that. Hello there. Welcome back to our series of Snug Podcasts. I'm Andrew McElhinney, and I'm a GP in the NHS Forth Valley. Snug stands for the Scottish National Users Group for GPIT, and our aim is to keep you updated with the latest developments if you're in the GP community in Scotland, but also if you're involved elsewhere in NHS in Scotland, or if you're someone who just has an interest in how we can improve healthcare through the best use of information technology. So you might have noticed that we've had a couple of months break, but we're now back and ready to engage with a whole new series of topics. And there was quite a lot of interest generated by our last episode when we looked at some of the issues around the use of DAX systems. Lots of views from colleagues out there about the pros and cons, but it's always great to get feedback and I'm glad to say we have another virtual conference coming up soon from Snug with a really excellent lineup of speakers and topics for you. That's coming up on Tuesday, November the 23rd. I'll say a bit more about that at the end of today's episode. But today, the focus is on prescribing, and more accurately, electronic prescribing. Now, in previous episodes, we've heard from a number of different voices in the GP community, including the Royal College of GPs, the Scottish GPs Committee, but also from pharmacists and others about the urgent need to develop electronic prescribing in Scotland. So, the new Scottish Digital Prescribing and Dispensing Programme is being led by Ewan Morrison and Dr Sam Patel. This is a major national effort aiming to revolutionise the way we prescribe and dispense medication in Scotland. So, to answer some questions about what exactly they're trying to achieve and how, they very kindly had a conversation with me earlier on this week. So I'm Ewan I'm Morrison, Director of Pharmacy for National Services Scotland. I do that job four days a week and I'm currently working in government on some specialist medicines work in the Chief Scientist office, so a bit of variety there, which is great. I, I, I came to this project two or three years ago now, started off as a piece of work looking at what the, the touch points and the difficult points were for practitioners and prescribers in primary care in general with regard to prescribing and dispensing. So we pulled together a few workshops, a number of folk were involved that are probably known to yourselves and known to ourselves, pharmacists, GPs, practice managers, etc. cetera. Uh, and when we came, we came to the, and we actually analyzed that work. The first thing that came up was electronic prescribing and then decision support and then patient access to information about their medicines and various other things. But prescribing, e-prescribing came up at that point as being probably the key thing that everybody wanted to get resolved, uh, which was fair point. And, and at that point, the, the governance group that were overseeing that, he, Sam was on that as well, and Sam was heavily involved in the hostel prescribing work. So Sam and I were asked to team up to bring that into a more coherent business case and ask of government and of other groups to try and work out how we solve the problem. So we knew there was an issue. I'd been sitting there for a long time, and then Sam and I were asked by that e-pharmacy governance group in government to take it away and build together a sort of a case really in how we might 
might solve that problem. And that's where we are just now. The first piece of work continued uh, over the first six months, and that was just to look at the what we need to do piece. And now we're in this phase funded funded phase two piece, which is actually getting down to the nitty gritty. So I probably described a bit of what, what Sam, how Sam got there as well. But Sam, I'll let you introduce yourself as yeah. well, and then uh, you can maybe say a bit more. <laughs> So my name is Sam Patel. I'm a, a, a respiratory physician and now more of a, of a clinical informatician. I've been really around medicines back in since 2012, 2013, with closing the loop, which some of your, your listeners might be familiar with. And that was really, from that came that concept of a single medication record. Now, lots of things would be difficult to do that without electronic prescribing in hospitals. We're now in that space where we're rolling it across Scotland. And I was heavily involved in that business case and, and I'm now co-chair of the implementation board for that to facilitate the, the, the rollout across Scotland. And and through, really through the, the e-pharmacy programme board at Scottish Government, which I was asked to be to participate in, I was involved with the kind of discussions around, you know, digital prescribing and single medication record. And initially, single medication record was part of the digital prescribing work, but it was just too nascent, it's just too nebulous in terms of a, a concept to, to to formally rely on as part of the solution. So we took it out. But with all the, the, the work that I've done previously in medicines, the, the clinical informatics aspect in terms of bringing that to the group and, and to be co-leading with the UN from the pharmacy aspects, it, it, it's been really quite a productive process in trying to get that, that real interface between the technical and the clinical, which is the key piece here. We can't have a solution that's punitive to the clinicians and equally it has to work for everybody in the system. And that's the one thing that we have seen is that having both the, the medical, if you like, prescriber, if you want, and that's a very, very anachronistic term in terms of medical and prescriber, because you know there's so many other prescribers out there. And the, from the pharmacy end, it, it has worked very synergistically. I think, I, think, I think we're talking about collaboration here, whatever it looks like with stakeholders, but actually this is a collaborative piece of work between uh, NES Digital and NSS, uh, uh, but also yeah. our sponsors are three departments in government, so collaborating across primary care, medicines and policy and digital. So, so, so again, and, and that's a challenge in its own right to bring those groups together, but I think it's worked well over the past six months. We brought the groups together, but actually I think that has really shown us and shown us where the, the touch points are, but where the difficulties are and the complexity, even working across the three groups in government is a challenge because they are different, they are different departments, but I like to think our, our group has brought them together in this single cause, if you like, and the same in the single medication record. So that, that adds to the adds to the complexity, but also adds and helps us with the solution and potential implementation when it comes to it. Yeah, and I think the thing that gives me hope that we will make progress is the amount of weight that there seems to be behind this now. There is a sense that there is real progress, which is great. And there's obviously masses of complexity around it, as we'll get on to. But I just wondered to start with, is there maybe one major aim for this project that you could say when we get there, this is it, and we can break open the champagne? <laughs> So I'll have a go at that one. Oh, on you go, yeah. I think I think that once we have removed the paper prescription and re replaced the wet signature from in hours GP prescribing to community pharmacy, and the process works for everyone in that in that chain, including the patient and the citizen, that's when we'll be cracking open champagne. <laughs> that 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 statement covers many facets and tiers of complexity that will have to be overcome and that we know what we have to do. It's navigating the path to that goal. And obviously the legislation around that is one of the tricky things that you're dealing with. 
as well as you've said, the wide range of different prescribers that there are out there, the different locations they're at, the need to authenticate them all. I mean, that's just starting to get into the list of difficulties. I'd be interested to know what you think are the most difficult aspects. I can maybe start with that, Sam, if you're okay with that. Absolutely. I suppose for me, I, I've done a bit of work in business change, Andrew. So for me, I, I segmented it into three areas. One being t- the technology, the systems is the second part, you know, the people around about it and the process. And the last one is the business change itself. Are we ready for that? So technology-wise, the advanced electronic signature and the current message store and our message of transferring information, e-message, is, is, are the challenges in there. I probably made that quite simplistic in my clinical view, I think that they will happen the, the the challenges will be in how we implement them and the fact it's very inconsistent some of the practice across the whole of scotland and for digital pieces you know you need a bit of consistency in there so the challenge will be to agree what the standards are for practice for if you take prescribing as an example in a practice acute repeats and serial you know and they are distinct differently and different practices involve different people in that and they have different processes, different ways of writing things. So, so that will be the challenge in that area, I think. And then the last bit of implementation is really to get people to agree how we implement, a, because there's a lot, there'll be lots of challenges there with regard to, again, different practice, but actually, are people ready? Are people bought in at a high level You know, in some of this? Do we have the resources in place? We're all at different levels of, I would say, technology as well, if you want to look at it with regard to types of, a software, hardware, etc. So there's quite a lot of pieces in there. So, so they, for me, are the biggest one. But for me, the business change will be the hardest one. Because once we've got the technology, once we've got a bit of an agreement on the consistent process through the structures, the business change and implementation will be the challenging piece. We are putting together an implementation plan, which will be you know, part of the engagement process to make sure people are comfortable with that. But that's that's a bit of time off. But we're starting that work early because we realise that to, that is a big challenge to get people to agree on the implementation plan and that they're happy with that so that, that's quite a lot in there andrew but that, that's that's where i am i think yeah and is i mean i suppose i'd be interested is there resistance that you're aware of to making progress with that uh, not, not not yet no no, I, no. I, I think i think the, the observation andrew andrew will make is that, that as you and i both know that the application of a technical solution to a paper-based scenario workflow is painful it, it, it rarely is a good outcome. It rarely delivers the efficiencies and the benefits that you would anticipate. And that's why we have taken a service design approach to this, where we've done robust business analytics. We've got service designers in to design how a solution would look in synergy with the te- technology. Because I, I think everyone's aware that they've been at the, the receiving end of poorly thought out technology that's been punitive. And the thing is, is that this does not need to be a zero-sum game. There doesn't need to be a loser and a winner to balance out here. We can design so that we can get benefit through the system, and that's what the approach has been. And equally, we cannot push the work from one end, let's say the prescribing end, to the dispensing end, because we increasingly rely on our community pharmacists to do an awful lot of primary care work. It has been a whole system review of how we would do things, and hence the reason that solutions have to be with some flexing of the workflows with the technology. And that's the way that this is going to be rolled out to maximise the benefit. Yeah, and I guess people have different agendas and understanding 
As a GP, my main agenda is probably to lose the big piles of paper that I have to sign every day and save time. I can imagine that patients have a lot of interest in getting the system working more smoothly and knowing that their prescription will go to the right place. What what about the community pharmacists? I mean, we could maybe talk a little bit about the e-pharmacy store and the vast amounts of prescriptions that are processed every day. But I, I just wonder from a community pharmacy point of view, is there a worry that they won't gain from it? Or do you see gains for them as well? The words from the Community Pharmacy Scotland, the trade body, are very much about we're happy to change, but we need we need time to make, make that change and plan for the change. The biggest change for community pharmacy, but one of the main ones actually, is because they will have an e-message arriving in the pharmacy without a piece of paper to track that around the system. In England, as you know, they they have the message and then they print a bit of paper off to use that as a tracker around the system. So, so, so that will change. So that will require again, a business process change for them, and that is to be planned out. So for them, that's the worry. It's not so much about the actual change. It's about the time required to agree that change, to implement it, and then to make sure it test it and works. You know, so actually, that they're not saying they can't do it. What they're saying is, yeah, we can do it, but we need the time to do it, and we need to be careful it's not going to affect a one patient's getting their medicines, them getting paid, and, and, and affect their business. But it is that message arriving that's the change. They will not have a bit of paper that will drive the process. Uh, and we're just starting a piece of work with them just to look at the detail of what that might look like, you know, what are the concerns, what are the things we might have to look at. One of the main things is about the software that's in the systems in community pharmacy. There's seven or eight different versions. So that's seven or eight different contractors providing software to a contractor. So how, how do you deal with that if there's to be changes to be made and how do you interface with that? So we're not saying, again, it's not technologically doable. It's again, it's about the people around about it and that change process. But the uh, community pharmacy mm-hmm. Scotland have been very receptive so far. But Good. we are we are aware of, of their concerns about e-messaging and what that might mean for for them and for the future. I'd, I'd probably add to to that from a medical point of view is that that the more I look into what has happening in community pharmacy, the more I see of clinical services being offered by pharmacists in in the community pharmacy setting. And if we were to create a greater workflow for their usual business of dispensing and providing medications, then it would detract from their ability to do those things and could have unforeseen circumstances. And that's really for the forefront of my mind when I say, look, we need to be careful about how we do this because we may have unforeseen consequences on the whole community provision for care and and that we have to be recognizant of that. It's when you get that global view, you suddenly understand how everything is interconnected. And the point, the point you said there about signing prescriptions as well, Andrew, is it, we're, we're absolutely aware as well that this needs to be a more efficient process for prescribers. The prescribing community, as we know, are changing. You know, when we see that a lot, it's, it's mainly GPs now, but that will change over time. But it needs to be an efficient process. We can't, we can't make it more clunky than it currently is. Or else, what's the point? You know, it needs to be, it needs to be slicker. It needs to be more efficient. Uh, and and we're, that's in our minds all the time as well. So the, the pile of prescriptions we're absolutely aware of. There's a lot of talk about that. Yeah, and and the, same, the same pile of prescriptions that come into our scanning departments, they've scanned every one of them. You know, that's a huge amount of time, process, lack of efficiency. So that loss of that paper will have benefits other, way, other ways as well, not just in the, with the prescriber, with the dispenser, but also with the payment people as well and the retention of the paper. You know, that that will all change. So, Digitalizing it will have a huge change across the whole of the of the process, including the patients, of course, as well. And and what you describe is just this incredibly complex process, and you've you've split it up into into phases, haven't you? And we we finished phase one now. Would you be able to say how that's gone? 
I think I think phase one was really to establish what the scope of future work was going to be required in the sense of being able to, to articulate what investment was going to be needed and how we were going to approach this. Now, the three main areas that Ewan has already touched upon, we need to evaluate properly, particularly around the, the replacement for the wet signature and for the the messaging system from the prescriber to the dispenser. And the first area of that will be in our GP prescribing. And that has commercial implications. And we have to make the right decision on this to fit in strategically with Scotland as well. Um, we can't make this in isolation. And we, we're having to, to take a moment to pause and get some expert review into to certain aspects of this. We are liaising closely with our colleagues in England to get as many lessons as learned as possible because they have had electronic prescribing in place for some time now. Unfortunately, we're not in a position just to lift and shift their current solution, but they are in the midst of upgrading their products and their, their services. And, and there may be some, some opportunity to collaborate and get a, a, you know, a hitch forward in that. But this is a position we're in. We need to be careful about how we proceed next in terms of the commercials and getting what we need for Scotland. A, that it's the right thing, and B, that we do it properly through the correct avenues. And part of that, part of that case from phase one, Andrew, was, was for us to show that this could actually happen. And we've been successful in securing the money for the next phase, which shows that people believe or the government are comfortable. We have, we have shown that, and that actually it can happen. It's just the next thing is about actually producing the the thing, if you want to call it that, the pathway, and be able to sort of test that and move, and move that forward. And that's 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 the challenge now, uh, and that requires a lot more of the specialist staff and the nuances of things like cybersecurity, all the other interdependent systems that are ongoing just now. You have a CHI update, the GPIT reprovision for the software. You know, all these things are interdependencies in there. So that's that's what the next parts will be is looking at them, looking at things like cybersecurity getting our legal arguments nailed down to make sure we're absolutely clear that we're comfortable with that, you know, and, and that business process and implementation. So there's a lot to do in the next few months. It's just uh, keeping that pile of running going. And, you, and you'll see things will start to come out. There'll be a project board, which we didn't have before. It was a bit you know, informal. We now have a project board, there'll be a clinical advisory group, a technical advisory group, patient advisory group, just to try and move, move it along at pace. And that's what we're absolutely keen on doing, making sure it moves at pace, but with the right advice to make sure it's a, uh, I suppose we're not breaking anything, but also that we're actually moving in the right direction for all the prescribers, dispensers and payers, I suppose. If we take the case of the GPIT systems, mm. are we saying that we need every practice to be up and running with a new version of their software installed? I, I, I don't think. I, this, is a, this is the position. We, we are trying to be, remain agnostic to the GPIT system position as it stands for the functionality that we're proposing. And that's the approach that we've taken. So we wouldn't want to be beholden to the, the reprovisioning of GPIT. And, and I think that hopefully will reassure some of your listeners that, that that's not the case. And, and that's not because I'm disparaging our colleagues. It's immensely complicated and that you're beholden to the vendors themselves in terms of delivery. We, we don't want to be in that position. The programme affects all aspects of the NHS, doesn't it? Um, whichever angle you come at it from. So, so do you change little bits incrementally or do, would you foresee a big bang at some point? I think that, that in the technical implementation of this, we would, we would foresee that, that there's little scope for incremental in the sense of 
make a wee tweak of a change that goes globally across Scotland and another change. It will be a solution that needs to be tested in some place at, at some point. And then once it, it has been proven to be successful, it, it will be rolled out. Um, there will be dual running for a period of time, we'd envisage. Uh, the details of implementation will be dependent on the the, the the environment, the health board, how prepared they are, and the choice of, of that location will be determined by what the needs of that test will be, and then and then subsequent implementation will be dependent on what uh, the capabilities are within whichever geography or cluster, or whatever way we look that's looked at, and able to to, to accommodate that that change and what at what time. So it would be a bit like every other implementation to be determined with with preparedness. Uh, but we can plan for that as we get more formal and formally into what the solution looks like. Yeah, and I guess we we can focus a lot on the technical aspects of it, but probably what's going to be crucial is good communication between everyone. And I think even at the moment I'm aware of that, that to make a prescribing system work, you need good communication between patients, doctors and pharmacists. And I think there's gaps in that at the moment, all over the place. Do, do you see that aspect of it as being something you know that's important to you? I, I think that, that that it is important. But Andrew, I think that the first thing we have to be clear about is that we do not want to extend our scope beyond what we have uh, we've been tasked with delivering, and we've been delivered tasked with removing the paper prescription and replacing the wet signature. I think that if we try and get into the other spaces then we risk scope creep and we risk not just um, the timing of delivery, we also risk the capability of delivering. So remaining focused on that one thing to start with is is core to the programme. Our hope is it will improve things, but we're not predicating that it will do that. We're not saying that that's definitely going to happen. We're here for one purpose and one purpose only, and anything that you want that, that's required extra, well, that can be looked at separately. I think that that's an interesting piece as well. I, I know we discussed earlier on about the next steps and what area might be next. So everything's in there, you know, in the pot for discussion. So out of hours, what we might call a remote community, you know, really anything, a pharmacist prescribing a GP practice sorry, in a community pharmacy, all those areas are in there. And what we're trying to do is bucket them together, Andrew. So, you know, if, like dentists and optometrists might be one area you could bring together. Out of hours and actually NHS 24 might be another one. But but they'll, they'll be down the line and that's part of their commissioner's plan to have the same model, whatever it is, used in different areas. And Sam and I and the team have got an eye on that all the time. So we yeah. we're, when we're doing this, we're looking and saying, is that, is that going to be usable in, in another another environment? And the, it probably should be. It will be, it'll be about implementation and probably about hardware or some of the things. So you can imagine if you're in a patient's house trying trying to prescribe, you need hardware to do that. You need the right hardware, the right access, etc. It's a different implementation, but essentially it's the same technology. Yeah. And that's that's what we're trying. That's, that's what we're trying to aim for. I think I think once we get through this first phase and sorted out those problems, then we'll be better placed to deliver for the other prescribing scenarios. If you think it through, the logic around getting through the legals, the wet signature replacement. Advanced electronic signature and, and prescriber identity and messaging. So I guess the the awkward question, the difficult question that everyone always has is, how long is it going to take to get there? And you may or may not be able to tell me that, but I'd be interested to know what you think. Are you leaving that one for me? Thank you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, didn't do that I, would, purpose, I would say that, that the reality is is that we have got technical unknowns here, 
and the time is really is really key in our thinking here in terms of decision making about how we proceed. Our hope was that moving with the existing architecture might be a quicker way of moving. That might not be possible. I think that whatever we're we're trying to we're going to deliver will be aimed at doing it as quickly as possible and as effectively and cost effectively as possible and minimize the impact. It would make little little sense to make a big change for something predicated in the old system based on that, and then six months down the line saying we need to go to a different way of doing it. That's the kind of thinking. So there's some moving parts here. And as soon as we have got it firmed up, we will come back to you and tell you the yeah. date. And I think I think as well, it won't suddenly be a launch of something. It'll be a you know regular updates of where we are with things that yeah. are happening and have been progressed. So the advanced electronic signature, if that solution is progressed rather quickly, then that's something we could start talking about start early on it might not talk about implementation but you know the, the talk about implementation plans might start very soon as well but actually that's good because it keeps the it keeps the engagement going andrew and that's the important thing it's making sure people are aware things are happening towards an endpoint. although we might not have that date yet but i think it's just seeing that rolling plan and making sure we're still moving along perhaps keeps people a bit more bit more comfortable they probably won't be happy with the exact date you know until it's out there but, but again we want to commit until we are sure uh, and, and that's why i'm not saying we're not committing we're just we're saying there'll be a rolling plan of things that will come and hopefully you'll we'll see developments over the next, you know, it's definitely over the next six months anyway. Oh, well, we're, we're all looking forward to the day, I assure you, when we can crack open the champagne uh, and toast the success of the programme. And I should have maybe asked about the national medication record. So yeah, that's a separate piece of work that I'm pushing ahead with. Uh, we've done some discovery work. You might have seen that survey go out across Scotland um, in the sense that it, it has potential to really improve care across the piece um, in, in that communication space around medicines um, and take some of the risk out of the system. But there's so many different aspects we need to address. And so it requires a similar kind of programme of work to move it forward. In terms of SNUG, obviously this podcast is a way of raising awareness. And uh, I know you're, you're, you're going to do a plenary at the, the conference in November, isn't that right? I think that's true. We're, we're scheduled for the morning. Um, I'm just checking that. <laughs> I think we're on nine till ten. <laughs> but no, that that'd be another opportunity just to have some questions and and I guess yeah. discuss it. And um, if Snug is able to help raise awareness of what you're doing, encourage people to be patient, which is maybe going to be a an important aspect of all of this. But also to be realistic about it. I mean, we, you know, we're we're, we're all really keen for this to work out. So uh, I do appreciate your your time today to update us all. Uh, appreciate that. Thanks for the offer. It's been uh, very, very useful, I think, just to get the message out as well and actually be able to communicate with a broader group, Andrew. That's the other side to it as well. Yes, it's been it's been good to be able to get uh, another update out. Thanks. So if you do sign up for the Snug Virtual Conference on Tuesday, November the 23rd, you can ask Ewan and Sam any other questions you might have about the programme. Yes, they are starting the conference off at nine o'clock in the first slot, and the other plenary slots will also include Professor Sir Lewis Ritchie talking about primary care data and intelligence, and there will also be an update on GPIT reprovisioning from the national team. If you sign up now, you can also choose from a wide range of workshops, which will update you on things like social media and practice, chronic disease management, the new electronic respect application, supporting the GMS contract, and of course updates from GPIT system suppliers. 
Now, I'm very excited about our next podcast in which we plan to take a look at how artificial intelligence can help with diagnoses in dermatology. And we have a couple of really special guests for you. Look forward to rejoining you soon. Take care. Bye.